Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Hotbed, Episode 6. I'd like something up my bottom, please. I'm Lisa Williams. I'm Annika Somerville. And I'm Cherry Healy. And we are the Hotbed Collective. We are a band of merry maids intent on making the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. So this episode, I'd like something up my bottom, please. You may have guessed is not about how to lay a table or how to stroke a kitten, although those two things could be interpreted as something just as rude. This is about bum sex. Bum sex. I'm nervous about this one. This is this is the episode I'm most nervous about talking about. We've Why? always wanted to be really honest with each other and talk about mm. not dungeon scary sex, but sex that people really have. Mm. Sex after kids and long-term relationship sex. And the reality is that some people do have bum sex, but we do not talk about it. And it makes me nervous. It's like, oh, oh God, this, this is not something I've really ever talked about with other women before, mm. except to our live show, which is coming up. This is this this is definitely a tricky one, I think. It I, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wonder whether, sorry, I wonder whether a little bit of it is that um, as a woman, if you sort of say that you like bum sex, I still think we judge people. So I... What do you think? What do you think people think of women that like bum sex? Well, we used to say at school, um, and I think these stereotypes still exist, that your vagina was too floppy so that if you had bum sex it was basically because you were so loose because you'd had so many partners that your vagina had become like an enormous carrier bag and the (laughs) bum was the only area that was tight enough to be able to be enjoyable so there was kind of this association that women who had bum sex were basically slags there was very much a kind of it was only something that really dirty people did and that's the other thing is that bum is all about poo as well yes so there is that slight connection i think with kind of dirt and mess and i think fear and there's a that it is generally one of those things where it i definitely think people with some get a little bit of a kind of a bit of an uncomfortable feeling talking about it it's we talk a bit on the hotbed about how talking about sex just amongst women sort of everyone clams up a little bit when they get into relationships and we talk about this moment where cherry and anarchy met and they were sitting next to each other at dinner and after a few glasses of wine they talked about they started talking about sex and then one by one all kind of other girls at the party all came and joined in the conversation. And I think that the bum sex chat is probably not what happens at the beginning of this conversation, but maybe what happens at the very end when everyone's really quite in cups and <laughs> then they'll talk about it. You'd have but to it's be in not... a very safe place with somebody else. Absolutely. Not judgmental. It's Absolutely. not really a conversation starter, I would no. say. No. 
it's not one that you will just chat about over canapes. It's not canapé chat, is mm. it? It's kind of sleepover chat. Yeah. When you're taking think, your makeup off, yes. that kind of chat. But it's funny because I think even if you were with a partner and you didn't know them very well, you would find it quite a difficult subject. So I know I've got mm. a friend who basically, early on in her relationship, she used to talk about, and I think we've touched on it, proffering the bottom. So instead of saying, I'd like to have bum sex, just raising her butt up mm. so that it was more likely. And I was kind of like, God, why couldn't you just say... you know that's what I want you're gonna gonna present yeah I've been told that part of the bum sex allure for a guy is domination and therefore if a woman says she likes bum sex you take away half the fun and that is so twisted and layered Mm. and misogynistic I didn't know where to start it makes me want to talk about it immediately yes absolutely (laughs) but that is a general you know the general idea is that you're as a woman you're not supposed to want it Mm. but that is that is so so ridiculously twisted it's hard to know I don't know what to do with Mm. that really so we're going to have a bum sex amnesty where we are going to try and talk about just to talk about it and we'll do this in the live show where we have a little bit of chat between Anarchy Somerville and a lady called Kelly Ford who is at the Book of Mum on Instagram. She's a very funny lady and they have a little bit of a skit which is the do's and don'ts of anal sex and um, some of it is useful, some of it is just for lols. <laughs> and then we bring in Dr Karen Gurney who is our resident um, psychosexologist and sex therapist. She is at the sex got doctor on Instagram and she it was interesting because at our live show it was kind of a show but then at this point the audience just got so interested and couldn't help putting their hands up and asking mm. questions but the funny thing is they wouldn't ask their questions in their actual voices they all put on silly accents just in case uh, the, well there's the pod- always that typical thing where you say a friend of mine or yeah. my sister-in-law would like to have <laughs> bum sex how would she do that and you're kind of like why why can't you just actually voice but that even, yourself even on the night I was so nervous about talking about it that I called myself Barbara I did. so that it because it just felt easier to yeah. be Barbara that night Sorry, Barbara, but you know... She's your alter ego. She helped me that night very Mm. much. (laughs) So without further ado, we'll throw to the show and you will hear this funny chat. You'll hear Dr. Karen and you'll hear lots of Barbaras in the audience asking everything they wanted to know about bum sex, the G-spot and female ejaculation, just for good measure. Um... So if you think about it, like masturbation is one of the things that you probably would find quite hard to talk about with friends. Bum sex is probably even even more difficult to talk about. Um, and that's why we thought, well, actually, why don't we actually just open, up, open it up and talk about it? That sounds wrong. It's not wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a good way of saying it. It's perfectly natural. Perfectly natural. Natural. Um, and so well, we're going to have a little discussion about it. And I think one of the things that's quite interesting about bum sex is that... I think for a long time, women sort of felt that it was something that men wanted to do and that they didn't want to do. And it was dirty and wrong and uh, forbidden and all of those things. And of course, there's a whole other side of it where you see a lot of porn and you see sort of women having bum sex like mad and you're like, that's probably not very healthy. So let's open it up. Let's talk about bum sex. So... Do we talk about some do's and don'ts of bum sex? I think the do's and the don'ts is, is, is important. Well, I think a big do is, you know, have a douche. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make sure you're sort of clean down there and you feel bum confident. 
I think that's really crucial, don't you guys? I think it's really important. Like being yeah. beach body ready, you have to be bum buddy ready. Bum body ready, yeah. Bum body ready. Um, there was another thing that we were talking about, which is how do you show your partner that you would like to engage in bum sex? And this is a very difficult thing because um, we talked about, you know, if, if you do fancy the bum sex, do you proffer your bottom? Do you actually turn around and say, no, I, I really want the bottom tonight. That's what I fancy. Or maybe the lube, maybe that's another way. So how do you actually engage in... We want to have bum sex. I don't want to do the other thing. I want to do the bum sex. Well, to be quite frank with you, Anarchy, I just say I'd quite like something in my ass. <laughs> That's a good one. And you've, where's your badge? She's got a, br a brilliant badge, which I think makes it quite clear I that she does. I love a anal. Yeah. I love anal. <laughs> anal. Great act in the eighties. Brilliant. You know, we did actually think about a few times not to engage in bum sex. Um, one of them is, is based loosely on personal experience, and I would say on a beach. Yeah. On a beach. Good one. Uh, with somebody that you don't like particularly, but you think looks a bit like Michael Hutchins. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good one. I would say don't, don't try after a curry. Just... just no, Just no. Don't, don't do that to yourself. No. The other time not to have bum sex is if you are trying really hard to have a child. Because it just won't happen. You can do a lot of bum sex, but it's not going to happen. And I, I do think there might be some couples who just, if they'd started doing regular intercourse, it might help. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. But okay. also, bum sex doesn't have to be the full Mahonti. It can be, you know, a little, you know, little one of those. It could be a finger and actually... Exactly, just the tip. And, and the G-spot is actually just inside the anus. It's not all the way up there, so... You don't need to dig your way to Australia. Things to think about, just things to think about. Um, and another interesting thing to think about, I think, is piles. Because that's another thing that I think we've all suffered from. If you've been through, um, you know, childbirth, um, or you're getting on a bit, or you just have to poo really hard sometimes, um, you might have piles. And actually, that is quite a tricky one to navigate with the bum sex. And maybe Dr. Karen can help us with that one. What's really interesting in the UK is that the largest bit of research into what happens in people's sex lives that happens every 10 years is on its third run. And what we know now is that more people in the UK have anal sex than the decade before or the decade before that. So anal sex is a growing phenomenon and that's probably because it's become a lot more mainstream in porn and also we're getting a bit more sexually liberated. Um, but what's interesting, we haven't talked about, what about pegging? Pegging. Mm, no pegging. So this is about um, in a heterosexual relationship and a female partner performing anal sex on her male partner with a strap on with a finger we haven't talked about mm. that yeah and that's an interesting one because if you've ever had a boyfriend who perhaps likes having a finger up the bottom um that is a similar sort of technique the problem is is that there are many men who are not comfortable with it so it's a high risk sexual activity um so you could try a finger up the bottom and never see the man again I cherry think. is proffering her hand um, i've got a question from barbara this is Barbara from the Wirral. Um, what happens if you really want to try it because you think that might be a really fun thing and, and you think that that might be a, a nice thing? What are the kind of... How do you set it up that it's not 
painful and uncomfortable? What kind of things that you can do that will make, make it like a nice thing as opposed to make you cry? For the woman, for the woman. Okay, so I think the first silky thing sauce. to say... Silky sauce, obviously. Silky <laughs> sauce is what we it, call lube. More of it than you would use for vaginal penetration, obviously. I think the key thing is, a bit like with vaginal penetration, don't go straight for it. Um, warm up first. Start with the tip of a finger. Take it slowly. Think about rimming. Some people like rimming. Explore. Using... I don't know what rimming is. So, so... rimming character is from you... Red Dwarf. No, is it? <laughs> is it a, uh... it's a hologram? No. Um, so, <laughs> rimming is where you use your tongue and your mouth around someone's anus. Right. So that's okay. rimming. So um, a lot of women actually say that they prefer rimming and a finger than they do to a penis when it comes to anal sex but either way it's a good warm-up the best thing you can do a bit like vaginal penetration is take it slower than you think you should and use lots of lube does everyone agree lots of lube okay is the anal orgasm a myth or is it real oh for women both both men and women so for men, obviously, the prostate is a male G-spot. So for men, they can orgasm from anal penetration alone with a, with a soft penis. So that's why pegging is quite A good. soft penis? What does yeah, that mean? So the penis can be soft. Well, the so if the man is receiving anal penetration from a woman, he could have a soft penis and he can still come from anal penetration. That's Who interesting. Knew? There's lots this, of gasps in this crowd. Is this news? I would like you to produce your whistles and whistle if you knew that that was a fact. I think that's an interesting fact. Okay. Okay. But One clever person at the back. Gold star for you. But otherwise, we did not know that. Thank you, Karen. Question from the crowd. I mean, I'm not delighted that the microphone's been handed to me for this question, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Women come from anal sex too? Okay, so scientifically, there is an element that's possible to have G-spot penetra- stimulation from anal penetration. So, so yes, it's possible. It's probably not likely for lots and lots of women, but that doesn't mean that it can't be enjoyable in conjunction with other kinds of stimulation and add to the experience of orgasm. But some women can, yes. Does anyone else have any questions? <laughs> Someone else is taking so the mic. So my friend, my friend wants to know. <laughs> where is the G spot exactly? Exactly. We need maps. You want me to? Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay. So the the G spot um, is an area of um, spongy tissue on the anterior vaginal wall. So that's the front. So if you put your finger inside, it's if you pressed forward, it's there about two-thirds of the way up. Um, it's probably some remnants of prostate tissue from when we were in the womb, and you know our genitals were either going to be male or female. Of course, our clitorises were going to be penises. That's an incredible fact, isn't it? Um, but, but it's probably remnants of that. Not all women say that they can feel it or experience it, but some do. Some women have very powerful orgasms from that kind of stimulation. Some women say they don't really feel anything at all. Is it possible? Hold on, we just need a mic. Hold on. We have another question from the audience. Barbara. <laughs> from the cockney. <laughs> cockney <Is> Barbara. <laughs> this is Barbara here. Uh, is, it, <laughs> is it possible um, to, 
to come to come from the um, what is it called? The G spot. Uh, if you've never done it before. Yes. Okay, can you um go into detail? Thank you. <laughs> so. I guess it's like all aspects of our sexuality, right? It's always developing, we're always learning, we always learn new things about what works for us. It's a good thing to experiment with on your own. You can have a reach inside, you can see if you feel it. Some women say they feel it more when they get turned on and there's some changes that happen internally to the vagina. It can feel like a bit of a pea-sized lump, but sometimes it doesn't feel like anything except it might feel a bit nice when you touch it. It might feel like you need to wee a bit. It's that kind of sense. Does anyone, can anyone describe it better than me? Someone over there can. Would anyone like to put on a silly accent and explain what it's like to have this kind of orgasm? So I feel like I want to wee when that's touched inside. Yeah. And it feels good, right? Yeah. And then if you keep going, it turns really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. More homework for everyone. Oh, we've got one more question from the crowd. It's just a comment to say that it feels much more like guttural and deep and kind of intense, whereas the clitoral one feels much more surface and like a rush that flows over the body. Oh, that's interesting. Can we talk? Because I really like don't know about this. What is the whole like female ejaculation thing? And I was going to talk does, about. Does, does that. anybody? Can we do a poll about who's done it? Does anyone do it regularly? Yeah, thank you, lowering the tone. Can we talk about that? Because I really don't... What is going on with that? Yeah, thank you, Barbara. We maybe do a poll, because that's quite a good one. What we will do is, if you don't mind, Karen, explaining yes. the, the difference in these orgasms, and then we'll poll everyone. So can you okay. explain? Okay. So female ejaculation, or squirting, is what happens when um, that G-spot or prostate tissue is stimulated. There's quite a lot of debate about what the fluid actually is. It's probably um, uh, something called urea, which isn't the same as we, but it kind of comes from the same place. Um, there's usually quite a lot of it. It's kind of odorless and offensive. The people that do it probably know that there can be quite a lot of it. And actually, some people really enjoy the sensation of it. Other people, it's really annoying because it gets all over their sheets. And they don't want to do it all of the time. But um. <laughs> Rubbish sheets. Mattress protectors. So we're going to do, do a poll. A poll. Okay, yeah. so if you have experienced this kind of orgasm, please, can you go, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah. Hot damn! Lucky ladies. I know. Well, I think that's an interesting because I'd never actually been aware that there was this different kind of orgasm where this, what was it called? U urea it's, it's, squirting it's, uh, came out. There's a whole new world of pleasure out there which we need to experience. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot of women said at that show, didn't they, that that was their favourite bit. And I think it was a real kind of... um, I don't know. It was it was rude chat and it was funny chat, but it was actually we were really learning something and we felt really comfortable to talk about something because there was a bit of humour and mm. we were sort of sitting in the darkness and it was like the best kind of girly conversation there is. I think so many women feel nervous about talking about this, not because they aren't interested and don't want to know, but because they feel they'll be judged mm. as some heinous Haw, she haw. Mm. And uh, what I loved about that night was that in a, in a, we gradually throughout the night all acknowledged that nobody was going to judge anyone. And, and as one person opened up, the next person did. It was like a lovely domino effect of, oh, should we just all ask those real, those mm. questions that we've never asked before? I learned so much that night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So did I. Uh, there's a few things I want to point out, actually, that we didn't say during the show. And... I think would probably help so we just sort of had a bit of a laugh and then Dr Karen's stuff came in kind of quite on the heavy side and we learned a lot the steep learning curve I think is probably mm. what we should say but um there's a few things about it first of all I don't think we really mentioned lube and some well we did sort of briefly but some some lube is not suitable to be used with condoms so if you are having bum sex with um, a handsome stranger or a not so handsome stranger long term partner or a long term partner if you're using condoms basically you need to make sure that you use a water based lube and not an oil based lube because an oil based lube will erode the condom Um, and we had a few lols about how bum sex means that you can't get pregnant well you can you just need to be careful that there's not Mm. too much cross contamination from the the bottom hole to the vagina Um, it's not unheard of basically Mm. so and the other thing, yeah, I don't know whether that's the other thing is I wouldn't like people to think that it's something almost like a tick box, something that you yeah. you're not particularly keen on, but you feel like you should do that in some way Absolutely. because in the same way that people have a bucket list, so the bum is another thing on the bucket list to do, and there are some people who just it's not going to be for you. And that's, that's why fine. I'm I'm a big believer in experimenting on your own to see if you like it before it becomes a pressured mm-hmm. group event. Um, actually, you'll you'll know if you do it gently in, in a relaxed space on your own in the bath or in the shower or in bed, you'll know whether that's a really lovely feeling for you or not. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's funny because we talked about all the methods of making it nice, um, and you don't really see these on screen. You don't really see them in porn. Obviously, it's something we talked about a lot in our last episode about feminist porn versus mainstream porn. Um, but if there is a porn film out there where someone experiments first with their finger where they go softly softly where they use a lot of lube i'd really love to see it because i don't think that see, that's the only, really what we yeah, see the only time <laughs> I think not on friends. No. 
The only time it's actually been on a film, as far as I know, is Last Tango in Paris. And that's when Marlon Brando actually um, uses butter to penetrate. I can't remember the name of the actress, but there was a lot of controversy at the time because I think it wasn't necessarily seen as consensual. And the scene is is kind of a, well, it's a sort of rape scene, really. She's very much protesting. It's kind of what we were saying earlier about men enjoying it because the woman is saying, I don't want to do that. And she's resisting. Um, And he says... Yeah, he says, I mean, he says quite a lot of abusive language at the same time. So it's not something you see very, very often. No, and I think that film was really shocking. And that's why everyone talked about it so Mm. much, because they hadn't seen anything like that on screen before. I've got a funny story about it. My mum is from Iran. And in Iran, when she was growing up, there were cinemas, but they were heavily censored. So she's got two funny stories about going to the cinema when she was younger. One is that... So did she go to see it then? She did. So I have one funny story, which has nothing to do with bum sex, but uh, she went to the cinema with a friend. And when, you know, that I think it's Metro Goldwyn, you know, the kind of lion going at the beginning, yeah. the indent. Her friend went, oh, I've seen this film before. Because she just didn't go very often. So she thought that that was... But the bum sex one is, she watched Last Tango in Paris and she loved it. She thought it was such a brilliant film. And when she came to England and people would say, oh, you like cinema? Like, what films do you like? She'd always say, Last Tango in Paris. Mm. And people would go, ooh, ooh, that one's a bit racy. And she didn't really know what they were talking about. And it was only years later when it was on TV and she saw it with this whole bum sex scene. That had been cut out. It had been cut out completely Mm. and she had absolutely no idea. (laughs) because <laughs> actually the problem is if you introduced yourself and said that that was one of your favourite films it's be like, it does oh, sort of almost position you as wow, quite a, a racy individual exactly it's, it's kind of like nine and a half weeks yeah she probably of. talked about it over canapes and then had no idea why and yeah. she was probably thinking why is this not appropriate cocktail party chat in oh, the 70s yes. as well it would have been or the 80s so I do think that I think it's a bit of a cruel um, twist of nature that the bum is both uh, amazing area for the well, it's very erogenous, but also where the poo comes out, like we talked about before. I mean, it's kind yes, of it it's just a cruel trick. <laughs> yeah. Why is it so erogenous? Can't it just do its thing and we can just, <laughs> you know? But it's it's like temptation. Yeah, you know, it's like Pandora's box. It's a dual function in a kind of really perverse way. It is. It's a strange thing, isn't it? And it's weird that, I mean, the bum generally is really fetishised. Fetishised, fetishised, It's a really hard word to say. Thank you. I was you. just thinking that if you look at, you know, the, one of the biggest images of last year, I think, was Kim Kardashian's bum. Yes. Do you remember on that fam- famous cover? Was it yeah. Paper she broke, Magazine? Break the internet. Yeah. And I think her, I mean, her bum, I mean, I watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians yeah. late at night, and I must say, they're thumbs are just incredible and even as a woman I can totally respect the fact that this kind of this tiny waist yeah. with this arch um, at the back the, the Calvin Klein advert you know the mm-hmm. new one that's come out with them all together mm-hmm. is mesmerising mm-hmm. and I, I don't want it to be but I sometimes walk past that shop and I just stare at it and I think it's, they know what they're doing it is it is absolutely because it's an un- completely it's a completely unusual shape, but you know it's almost worse than the Kate Moss heroin look. Mm. It's that hard to get. It's very hard. It's, it's very, very unnatural because it's very. I suppose it's kind of very. I mean, I think she's. Well, there's been discussion that she might have had ribs, ribs removed, removed yeah. to kind of bring in her waist. You're right, it's all more. about the last year the was butt. the year of the bottom. So I think this is absolutely you know a conversation that needs to be had. Mm. We're, very, we're very on topic, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we talked about Friends just quickly. I wondered, do you remember that episode where I think the girls are all telling Chandler, they give, they give Chandler a kind of map to the woman's body and they oh, say, yeah. this is how you please a woman in bed. And it's all about point one, point two, yes. three, three, two, five, four, six. 
and you're watching it thinking like I want to know what these points I are know. kind of correlating mm-hmm. to I really want to see that map like it's a really funny episode but it's also like we need a map and I think that the bum like not just the, the butthole but the bum itself is a really erogenous area and I mean it's funny you can't actually see the hand movements we're making because Lisa is <laughs> persistently sort of putting circles around in the air, air. Bum. <laughs> we are all kind of using these very sort of expansive gestures to Maybe bring to life the notion of a bum shape as though, um, we're no, as though none of us knew what a bum, bum actually looked like if you hadn't done that Lisa I, I, would, I would have been confused I'm summoning a kind of bum ghost by doing this hopefully a bum ghost. spirit will kind there of is, appear there is a hotbed bum in this room <laughs> definitely three of them but I think um the bikini line you know when I'm doing the bum thing again I just can't stop doing this it's bum like a peach. thing it's really imagine fun. like a bum wearing some knickers and then imagine the knicker line as it goes over the bum cheeks yes okay that line is really erogenous and yes. amazing and so that's kind of like warming up to a bit of bum play but it's yes. possibly mm. a good starter but that's interesting and that's the other thing we haven't talked about is um for men obviously it's erogenous as well and oh, that's another word i find really difficult so fetishage and erogenous, <laughs> erogenous. But anyway it's another one of those things where you know you have a lot of discussions about men liking to have a, a finger put up yeah. the bum yeah while having sex but i know that women find it really hard to judge when that's appropriate and when it isn't or if they want to do it or when they want to do it and actually yeah. that's something that men really enjoy as well potentially so yeah. it's, like, it's another area so if you're not necessarily interested in being penetrated yourself you could be talking to your partner or just experimenting a bit with their bum pegging yes. pegging as we discussed pegging or even pegging. just pegging fingering Mitchell. pegging because Mitchell. for me pegging just it sounds quite sore what but about bottom tickling yeah, that sounds very carry-on, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sort of imagining <laughs> someone with a big bottom. feather duster sort of chasing me around the bedroom, giving me a good tickle. There's What's a- wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a whole world of fun to be had, but it's it's very rare that I think mm. people dive into it, actually. Now, someone who has dived into the world of all kinds of fun on our behalf is Alex Fox, who is a sex educator and sex journalist. She came to our live show. She's sort of, I'd say she's, She's a kind of premier female sex journalist in that she does do a lot of... Uh, well, she used to work for a magazine called... Oh, my God, what Bizarre. was it called? Bizarre magazine. That's it. Where she did all kinds of stuff out in the field and reporting back. And she is an ambassador for Durex, amongst other businesses. Um, she's just always out there with really open, non-judgmental advice. She's really good fun. She's got a brilliant turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. So Anarchy went to meet her. What was that like? It was really amazing. I mean, I followed her on Instagram anyway. And I mean, one of the things you'll notice about her, if you ever saw her on Instagram and followed her, is that she's she's just incredible the way she looks. She always changes mm. the colour of her hair. The day she came to meet me, she had these mad trousers on, which were kind of made out of plastic, and you tie them at the sides. And so, I mean, she's very, she's quite kind of outgoing in terms of her appearance. She knows everything about sex, like literally everything Mm. and I think she was and I can be completely she wouldn't mind me saying this but she'd come to our live event and she felt quite bad because I think she thought we were a couple of numpties for some of it and because we were talking from the heart but we didn't necessarily weren't as rigorous as she is and she really does and and because she's been talking about the subject for so long all she wants to see is people being really well informed and knowing their stuff and she's right and I think we, we feel the same is that you should never sort of just offer advice just off the top of your head so she kind of she likes to and that's why we have Dr Karen of course is sort of knowing more about what are the ins and outs what's the correct way of doing things 
Um, but she's great fun. She's really, really good. Um, and I just found it nice because she's quite young. And I think we, we hear a lot of really negative stories about young people and sex, mm. generally. And she's very positive. So she's basically of the mindset, if you enjoy doing something, do it. That's what she feels. And she's like, there's no right and wrong. Just don't feel pressured into it. And just make sure that you're really well informed. So that's what I like about her because I yeah. I get kind of tired of all this doom and gloom around people are watching too much porn, no one's having good sex anymore. And actually, if you meet someone like her, you think, no, do you know what? Young people are having sex and mm. they're enjoying themselves. Yes, they are. So you went to talk to her about many things, um, mm. such as sex toys and how she's a sex toy reviewer, as we now are. Um, and did you ask her about the bottom sex we did we talked about so we'll probably have to come back to her again because Mm. we had such a detailed discussion but we did talk about um bum sex and interestingly she's got some practical advice um and i think she echoes some of the things we've said already which is actually think about trying things on your own so she sort of gives some tips on things you can do um and toys actually as well that might work in that context so yeah so i think we get some good sort of practical advice there here she is Today we're really excited um, because we've got Alex Fox with us and I mean Alex is just an incredible lady she's sitting opposite me today she's got the most amazing trousers on that I've ever seen um, I'm not even sure that they're strictly allowed to be called trousers they're, they're sort of like pantomime pantaloons aren't well, they? They're, they're, they're definitely they're really making me think that I'm not up on the style stakes anymore so they're very very cool um, I'm not sure so you're supposed to be up or down or even sideways <laughs> on this on this little piece of kit that I've got here it's not really what you'd expect somebody uh, with my job to wear, I suppose, because it's not the most slinky radinky thing. Is well, it? this is why, I mean, I love following you so much on Instagram. So let's kick off by, uh, so we're going to be talking to you about all kinds of things today. But I think our listeners really need to know a bit more about you. Um, when I get an email from you, I basically get imposter syndrome because you've won so many awards. And I see all the awards at the bottom um, of your email. And I just think it's incredible. But just give us a little heads up about what you do what's your speciality what's your passion I am a journalist and a broadcaster and also a sex educator I always say there's more slashes in my name than there mm. are uh, are slashes at a Guns N' Roses uh, band, tribute band convention um, I started out uh, working as an editor on Bizarre magazine which was an alternative culture glossy mag primarily aimed at men but it actually had a really large female readership I think as well. I remember that yeah yes. I think the split was about 60 40 so we had a lot of we had a lot of women reading it too and it did what it said on the tin it was bizarre it did uh, we covered uh, weird and wild alternative culture body modification so people tattooing their eyeballs splitting their tongues in half stretching holes in their scrotums uh, people doing experimental music and art like the, the the weirder wilder fringe end of culture and I, I absolutely loved that job but it meant that I wrote a lot about unusual fetishes and kinks mm. and I, I got quite a name for myself for writing about um, people with fetishes for the smell of bleach or folks who wanted to try underwater bondage or people who got off on uh, dressing as space monsters from the outer realms of Zorg or whatnot. Um, and then when Fifty Shades of Grey happened oh yes suddenly everyone 
John and their mum and their auntie Sue all wanted to know about S&M and bondage. And mm. so a writer who was immersed in that culture, uh, I suddenly found I suddenly found myself with a, a lot more offers from mainstream newspapers and websites. So I started writing an agony aunt column for Men's Fitness and then I was approached by Jurex and it all started snowballing or just balling. There was a whole, <laughs> there's a whole lot of balls all of a sudden in my life. Um, and people started to approach me to ask me for personal advice. Um, and I thought, well, I'm doing my best with the journalistic skills I have here to research things, but I feel like I need to go and get some training because I just, it, I, I lived and still do sometimes live in fear of telling someone to do something with their foof or their flump or their wang dang doodle hammer and mm. it being wrong and them ending up with genitals looking like they've been in a lawnmower accident mm. or something, you know. <laughs> so that's one thing that I do. I work with Brooke. Um, I do a podcast called The Modern Man. That's mm-hmm. N- man with two N's uh, because the main host is, is Ollie Mann who used to do a lot for LBC. Yeah. He's all over the Beeb and Radio 4 at the moment. I'm very proud of him. That's a magazine-style podcast where we talk about trends at the beginning and then there's a big hulking great meaty interview in the middle with interesting folk. Um, and then I do a section on the end called The Foxhole which is a bit like those old Agony Aunt columns Brilliant. that you found in Sugar. Uh, and listeners were now on season seven so I think we're like 70 odd episodes in wow so you are a seasoned podcaster You're... for the UK yeah because yes. we're we're very much behind in the in the US mm. than, compared to the US rather I think the UK are now just starting to lube it's ourselves really funny, up isn't it? smooth I think, into the podcast I know, it's world. so strange because I can remember um, first listening to Serial actually I, I came oh, God, into podcasts via that way never been so clean as when Serial was on Serial and then um, <laughs> S-Town and all of those kind of amazing kind of American series where I was just absolutely hooked and there's one called Dirty John as well oh, which you must I, have listened to I listened to. to Dirty John all in one go I like I mean again this is a very sex, sexual image for my sexperty self I like to wear a bum bag in the shape of a watermelon slice and have my phone in my bum bag that's a clever so, idea <laughs> so I, well I don't like those holder things that go no, on your no because you can't really once you've got it arm. attached to your arm it's then very hard we're sort of you miming the running things. thing the running yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I'm I'm old fashioned. I like a bum bag, anything bum related, uh, which we'll probably we'll move on to. I imagine, yeah. yeah. But I, um, I like to do my cleaning or do my admin and stuff whilst listening to podcasts. It's funny because something it's I a, love about them actually. Yeah, no, it's a revelation because I can remember having a few conversations with friends and they were saying, "Oh, but I don't commute, so I don't have those opportunities to listen to them." And I was saying, "No, but listen, you can actually just put it on while you're having a shower. Like you can put it yeah. out on the side of the sink, or you could do it makeup. while you're doing." the washing up uh-huh. or whatever so actually it can be instead of radio because I mean I have radio on all day um, and I mean podcasts are just brilliant because I feel like you come away I always come away with some sort of tangible quote or a story uh-huh. I'm going mad on Adam Buxton at the moment because I came late to his party so I'm listening a lot I'm to that I'm jealous that you've got all that to listen back know, the to the terrible thing is that I'm really gullible so I keep thinking like you know if he's doing specific things I think oh yeah we should do that too but it's because I'm quite fresh to it whereas you're you've got way more experience Experience, you're probably like, actually, you're just trying to copy Adam Buxton. But one of the things we this episode that we're going to be talking a little bit about, um, and actually our conversation we're going to cover a little bit too, is kind of the whole area of of bum sex, which bum I, fun, bum fun, uh-huh. which was funny because. Um, it came out of an article that somebody contributed to our website, which was advice from a gay man to straight women. 
So he had basically oh, who written... Oh, was that? A... Well, he's, he did it anonymously. Oh, um, right. So essentially he'd sort of written this article saying that there were certain things that sort of straight women probably didn't explore and could explore more. And That's um, a brilliant article. And so we we sort of... Well, actually, it's funny because a long time ago, someone wrote this book, uh, a gay guy wrote this book because he's, he's, he's just not that into you, which again was quite a funny book because it was about sort of gay lessons for straight women. There so, is, there's a really so, good book, actually, along those lines, which... Mm which is pretty much sex tips from a gay ma- man mm. for straight women. Uh, I know Coco de Mare stock it. The reason oh, I asked who, who wrote your article is there is a brilliant sex educator called Master Dominic. Yes, I've heard uh, of him. Yeah, he I want super, to meet him. He's got wit drier than a pampers lockaway core mm. as well. He's one of my dear friends and a very respected uh, professional in his field. But he runs classes at... Uh, at Coco de Mer, this up, very upmarket sex boutique. I always go in there, and I think it looks amazing. But I do, yeah. It's it seems to be in another. It's not cheap. Though, it's is not it? cheap. Ooh. No, it's not cheap. I mean, but you look at the prices, and all of your holes simultaneously clamp up. I know, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, if you're already entering into something where you're not quite sure whether you like that thing, then investing in a really, really, really expensive version of that thing is quite high risk. Or well, we can talk about that because yeah. I think that plays a big part in people choosing a sex toy. Mm. And it's a question that I'm asked a lot you know does spending more money equal a better toy and there, mm. are, there are pros and cons there but master dominic to contextualize he is a gay male dominant so the male equivalent of a dominatrix uh, and he offers professional services to other men in that capacity mm. but he's also a brilliant teacher because uh, as a gay man um and and a pro mm. he knows for example how it feels to receive a blowjob and also to give one he knows how it feels to be penetrated penetrated during anal sex and how it feels to be the penetrator mm. and he's got so, he's given me so, so many good tips right, on I'm going to have to definitely I've, his name keeps coming up actually so I think we need to sort of get him on for a, a future podcast because he just sounds like such an expert in this area um, if we're going to be talking about a little bit about bum sex though, uh-huh. what would you say because the statistics and the, I think they sort of show that it's more common now for people to do it and to add it into their repertoire and interestingly again and I keep harking on back to sort of my my youth. It was definitely kind of a taboo um, thing to do, and it was also um, I think it just wasn't on the kind of on our on our sort of list of things. So it was quite rare when I was a sort of teenager and growing up. I can't recall anyone having tried it. Um, you know, apart from gay friends, there was like nobody really talking about it at all. Whereas now, um, it, it's obviously become more commonplace and. And part of that feels interesting. Um, and then there's part of it where you're kind of also like, oh, is this, a, is this a good thing that this is happening or is this a bad thing? Or is it actually, should we not be judging about it at all? Um, and I guess for us, we're kind of like, we're targeting women who are going to be listening and probably thinking, do you know what, what could I get out of bum sex if I try it, if I sort of ask my partner if this is something that we can do together? Because I think it's kind of for, for women of a sort of older generation, it probably hasn't really come in, you know, as being something that we would we would try. Um, I think there's a host of reasons why it is, according to statistics, as you say, more uh, a, a more commonly tried and spoken about thing these days amongst younger people. Um, there's definitely an influence of, from pornography there. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether you've uh, read or listened to John Ronson recently did a fantastic um, uh, documentary called The Butterfly Effect, which mm. is all about how... Uh, 
the proliferation of free pornography on the internet, where that sprung from and the effects it's had on porn uh, actors, on porn consumers, on young people. Mm. Um, and one, th- one conclusion he drew was that um, because so many people don't pay for their porn the only pornography that they will pay for includes extreme acts Mm. so actors and actresses are being expected to do more and more hardcore things Mm. earlier and earlier in their careers because that's the only place where they can make bank from for from the wankers you know Mm. um and, this, and, and that includes what, anal sex. It's it's much yeah. more expected that, that that anal sex will be something that they'll do on camera, and therefore more people are seeing it online. But uh, whereas that's perhaps a more negative view, you could also argue that we have a better understanding of biology these days. Mm. We know that for, in in uh, people who are cisgendered males, uh, cis meaning uh, the gender identity that they mm. have is the same as the body that they were born with. Mm. Uh, their prostate can be accessed via the bumhole. So mm. f- for for guys, there is all there are all manner of delights and, mm. and shi- shimmery, shivery feelings that you can get by going up mm. the rabbit hole, so to speak. Um, for women as well, now we know that the the anal passage is rich in nerve endings. Mm. If you stimulate it in the right way and it has to be the right way which we'll get onto it can feel fantastic plus i think these days people are just they're more open-minded about being open behinded um we, we i speak love these more... catchphrases of yours you're <laughs> like, you tell like these... a rhyme <laughs> <laughs> it's like pun Tourette's. i think sometimes unfortunately <laughs> it comes out before i have even thought about it but i think i think it is a positive thing that people are um less stigmatizing of their own bodies i still think we've got a long way to go but people are less uh, feeling less about a part of themselves any part of themselves is something that they should be ashamed of mm. and that pleasure in whatever form via whatever means is 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 something that we should all be aiming for mm. rather than feeling like um, guilt or shame guilt, yeah yeah about something which we're born with mm. you know so if I was going to ask you because I know I want to move on to talking about um, sex toys as well um, but if I was going to ask you so if I'm somebody who hasn't really done bum sex before uh-huh. and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking do you know what I would like to spice things up a bit and I want to have a well, go well don't at put doing spice this. there for God's sake I don't want to put my spice <laughs> rack in there How? what should I do um, and what are the ways that can make it an enjoyable experience versus something that I'll be like, oh my God, I am never doing that again? Um, is there any advice you would give to somebody who's kind of a beginner? Into yeah, this sure, kind of arena? sure. Um, it's interesting you mentioned toys actually, because um, I work sometimes with Love Honey, uh, who are UK's mm. biggest online uh, toy store. They've seen sales of butt plugs and ass toys um, rise and rise mm. in recent years uh, and that's both sexes buying them as mm. well it's not it's not just gay guys trying it with their partners it's it's people of all of all identities mm. um, so for some people trying with a toy rather than with a penis is the best way the to first go step. first yeah. yeah but rewinding I would say um, if you want to try bum sex for the first time I would say don't think of sex as putting a penis in a hole. I think there's all sorts of other bum fun that you can and should do first before you try putting the wang-dang doodle hammer all the way up Mm. there. I'd also say don't do it with a partner first. Explore on your own. Mm. When you're in the shower... 
use your finger or a small toy uh, to explore how it feels to play with that area. Mm. See how um, how the muscles feel. See how relaxed you become. See, uh, you know get to know at what points your body feels tense or what kind of resistance you can expect, what feels good. So suss it out on your own before you start doing it with someone else. Then you'll know if something's feeling good or if something is um, uh, maybe pushing your boundaries a bit too much. And I'd say the same for guys as well. Mm. It's, it's a really good idea to know your own body before you it, before you invite somebody else to probe the unknown area. Mm. Uh, next up, I'd say whatever you're doing... Use lubricant. Use right. plenty of thick We're lubricant. big fans of lube, actually. Well, I, uh, lube is one of the best sex toys mm. that you can get your hands on, pretty much, uh, and under uh, other parts. Uh, but it's particularly important and essential for anal fun because unlike the va- vagina, mm. which uh, has its own sort of wonderful water fountain to make mm. its own natural m- lubricant, Bums don't. Bums don't do that. They can't make their own moisture, so you have to put moisture there. Mm-hmm. Try not to use a lubricant that contains numbing agents. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, which uh, ones l- are those then? Because I've quite actually a heard few, of that. quite a few lubes that are aimed at bum fun will contain a mild anaesthetic, like a small amount of benzocaine, maybe five mm-hmm. percent benzocaine. Mm-hmm. That's designed to make anal sex more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But if you can't feel the signals that your body is giving you to tell tell you that you you're not ready yet, that you're not stretched and dilated enough for someone to put a penis Mm. or a toy in you or that uh, there's a small tear or an abrasion or something, God forbid. Uh, If you can't feel that, there's much more of a chance that you will do yourself damage. So it's always better to be able to feel it. Um, Anal sex done properly and slowly with lots of warm-up shouldn't hurt. Mm. If it's hurting, it's a sign that you've either taken it a bit too fast, that it's not just going to happen that day mm. um, or that evening or that you know or that something's gone a bit wrong so it's important mm. to be able to feel um, things that you might want to do are uh, explore rimming which is licking the area around the entrance mm. uh, entrance to the bottom um, some people get worried about the, the cleanliness of that if you both hop in the shower first then mm. that can help to relax you both and um, and and give you some reassurance about hygiene. Mm. Um, if you're worried about smells or tastes, then that's what flavoured lube is for. Um, and uh, yeah, provided that you're, I'm not. I'm getting it. I'm actually not. I'm doing it. I was wondering what you're getting. getting I was getting some lube out. I'm actually, oh no, you're getting a tissue. Also I just have relevant. To, I also just have to point out. Sorry to interrupt you here. That's but okay. I've. Um, it is Siberian weather outside, and I think I've been sitting through our interview with just a drip on the end of my nose, which is well, not very attractive. Well, we are attractive. talking about bits of the body that um, can produce their own natural lube. So yeah, I wasn't reaching for my um, non-anesthetic lube, but what? I was reaching for a <laughs> tissue just to try and dab my nose so that you didn't think, oh my goodness, she's just sat there like Rip Van Winkle with a big drip on the end. Well, actually, do you know that because your nasal passages contain mucosal membranes, the same same type of membrane, roughly, that are in your vag, mm. if you take antihistamines or um, certain products that are designed to stop you sniffing or mm. stop uh, or dry up your nose, they can also dry out your down below. I didn't know So that. if you're someone who suffers from hay fever and you're taking quite strong antihistamines, you might want to reach for some extra lube um, because it can dry up your foof as well. That is so fascinating. It's been really brilliant. I think I'm going to wrap things up now. No um, worries. We've touched on so many different areas, um, literally. That wasn't a pun. <laughs> it's very difficult not to do innuendo and pun when you're talking about this subject. Welcome to my world. Um, yes, and I 
think you've got it down to a T. Um, is that a pun? A no, T and A. T and A. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's been really, really interesting talking to you and getting your perspective. And I think what's lovely as well is that you're very positive. You've got a positive energy about you. Oh, I think, good. Yeah, and it, I think for for. I think certainly for some of my generation, there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom about, I think generally kind of feeling like, oh, things used to be better in the past and now all this stuff is coming along and we're becoming less emotionally connected and all this other shit. I actually think it's nice. It's refreshing to hear a perspective which says, you know what, there's some good things on the horizon. There are some bad things too, but there's some good things that we can think about. And actually sex is something that can go on beyond your kind of 40s, 50s, 60s and tech and those kind of things might be something that could actually help rather than hinder there is so much to look forward to there's a woman called joan price who i admire greatly who talks specifically about senior sex and she is talking about people still having sex in their 70s 80s and Mm -hmm. beyond i think it's right to be aware of how your body changes um not only as you age but you also from from week to week Mm. within a monthly cycle or or if you're going through the menopause or if you've Mm. just had a baby things like that be aware that your body will have different desires, different needs and respond to different things. But also over the course of your life, don't limit your expectations of what sex should and can be. Mm -hmm. It's primarily about you and possibly your partner having a damn good time fun. if you're doing that if you're enjoying yourself then whatever you're doing you're doing it right you're doing it fine yeah okay. at the at the end of the day it's about having a good end to your day yes <laughs> so it really doesn't matter what you're doing so long as you're achieving that aim ignore the box sets ignore what the media tell you ignore anything apart from your own yeah well sometimes yeah Uh, ignore anything apart from your feeling of whether you're having a good time or not Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice so um, thanks a lot Alex Fox for joining us today That interview gives me major FOMO because I really wanted to go and interview her but I was away so I couldn't so you got all the fun anarchy but um hopefully I will see her again and anyone that likes the sound of lovely Alex Fox look at her on Instagram she's Alex with an I so it's A-L-I-X Fox Alex Fox on Instagram she was wearing something cool as Anarchy said and that has made me realise that we haven't discussed what we're wearing today which we normally do every single podcast to set the scene so to set the scene we are again in Cherry's boudoir we're now fixtures here I think just like her bed and cushions we are here and there's some quite extraordinary outfits going on Cherry what are you wearing? I am wearing a high visibility onesie because I'm nervous about this subject and part of me just wants to hide under the duvet and just let you guys do it. And and the other part of me thinks, no, come on. Part of this is talking about difficult things with people you feel safe with. So I am making myself just confront my fears and I'm just going for it. So I'm high visibility facing my fears. Well done. The opposite of camo. Yeah, the opposite. The opposite, opposite of, of camo. All right, I love it. So what I did is I went to the sex shop, and I like to go to the one. There's one actually in Soho, which is the old-fashioned sex shop with the curtain. There's only one. <laughs> oh, I think yeah, it's near. So um, seedy. Yeah, it's just near um, Boat Street Market. Anyway, so you go in there, and they actually sell butts. So they're plastic butts and they vibrate. <laughs> mm. So what I've done is I've stuck one onto the front of my body, one on the back, and I've got one here. So I've got three <laughs> vibrating butts. And I'm just thinking, because I feel slightly nervous about the whole notion of, 
of bum sex myself. Mm. So I'm thinking that this could be quite erotic, that people could penetrate me or play with different <laughs> bit, bits of my butt, but it's not actually my own butt. It's just this vibrating artificial So when butts. somebody calls the, vi- the vagina the front bottom, you, you actually do have <laughs> I do. a front bottom. I do. And I, you, yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, actually, yeah, your boobs are a bit like... Because that's another thing you could do, actually, if you're nervous about bum sex, is you just pick up your large breasts and let somebody penetrate those instead. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. You've got front bottom, back bottom, top deck bottom. We were conjuring up breasts with our hands, and I mean, sorry, buttocks with our hands, and now three pairs of buttocks have appeared and attached amazing. to Anakin. You can't hear the noise because it's, it's a low-level hum. It is. Very but, low uh, Lisa, what are you wearing? Well, I have been doing a bit of research into underwear for Series 2. And in my travels on the internet, from underwear shop to boudoir shop, I have found what's called an open bikini. And it's basically a bikini that shows off both your vagina and your boobs. So I have one question about that. What the that. hell is the point in that? What is, yeah, exactly. That was my... What, what is what the point? What the hell is the point in that? That's why I'm wearing it. I'm making a bit of a conceptual art statement, which is um, a little bit like if you can't see the chair, is the chair actually there? Mine is if the bikini doesn't cover your bits, is it actually a bikini? <laughs> it's not. Or is it just your bits? Is it just a piece of string around your waist? <laughs> well, an open sandwich is still a sandwich. So an open oh. bikini instead of bikini. Oh. It's interesting. So when you go, so because you've just come back from holiday. Yeah. So I mean, obviously you're sat here. We're on a. It's quite a cold day outside. Yeah. Did you use this look on the beach? Did it work? I mean, because you've obviously, you know, you've been striding around in it yeah. a little bit. The tan lines are extraordinary. That's mm. all I can wow. say. Um, Did it chafe in the sea? Because I always have a slight concern <laughs> about the nether regions in the seawater. Um, okay? No, seawater was very healing to my nether regions. Oh yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and after this, I am actually going to take myself to the Tate Modern and display myself as a piece of art. Can you Instagram it, please? Yeah, check out. One one little question. Mm. Can you just answer, what is flange? This is a word that I think has a sexual flange connotation. And I need to, it's just been bugging me. I just need Flange is another word for vagina. It's a fanny. It's a Volvo. Volvo. Yeah, Volvo. It's a Volvo. Okay. So that's what we're wearing. Um, We haven't set our homework yet, but it's pretty clear, if you have read between the lines, that we're asking you to engage in a little bit of bottom tickling with yourself. So be brave. As Karen said, have a reach. Have a reach around. Mm. Have a tickle if you haven't already. Um, You don't need to use your own hand. You could use somebody else's. You Um, could use a shower head. You could use a toy. One of the things that um, has been recommended before is if you are going to experiment with that area is to stimulate yourself at the front at the same time because they work together almost like different instruments in a band. That's interesting. Yes. But how many hands do you need for that? Um, only two. Back and front. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the more the merrier, to be honest. Okay. If you've got extra, I would use them. Okay. My seven hands will finally come yeah. handy. Handy, right. Handy. Now, our other homework is podcasts. So it's come to our attention since starting The Hotbed that um, this is the first podcast that some of you are listening to. And we're amazingly touched and flattered that you have become a podcast uh, subscriber because of us. Um, I know that some of you have downloaded podcast apps, etc., to listen to us. So hello and thank you. And as a service to you, we thought we would give you a little bit of an insight into the other podcasts that we're listening to because, you know, while you have it, while you have your podcast player, make the most of it. So Cherry, which podcasts do you like listening to? Um, my favourite is Desert Island Discs. I absolutely Mm, love it. And I love that sometimes they're interviewing big Hollywood Hollywood celebrities and sometimes Mm. they're interviewing an economist. So it's it's lovely and mind-expanding. And are there any particular ones that we should listen to? The Kevin Costner one. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry to mention. I'm sorry to mention the Hollywood star. He's just he's just a dream. Mm. And the story is really interesting of Dances with the Wolves and how he turned it down. And then the writer came and lived on his sofa, and they went. You went. Oh, all right. Well, let's make it. And it turned into this gigantic film. So the stories behind the films mm. are really unexpected. And I suppose. I always think that the actors are brought in in a big helicopter, but for that, it was very much involved. It was very kind of rooty, that story. So I love that. Okay, great. Anarchy, what about you? Well, I think I mentioned earlier, possibly when I'm talking to Alex Fox about Adam Buxton, and I came very late to it. So it's, I feel really sad because it's like <laughs> one of those things. I think someone was saying they were talking about Mad Men um, and it was kind of three done. years after it was done and, and I sometimes do do that I sort of hit on a box set after everybody has and... anyone watched The Wire? yeah exactly <laughs> has anyone heard there's this really good series called The Wire but literally he is the funniest thing and I, I, I do a lot of travelling on buses so my favourite pursuit is to sit on the front of a bus with my headphones on listening to Adam Buxton and I just think he's really funny and my favourite bit in it is at the beginning when he, t- he takes his dog for a walk mm. Lisa's frowning at me she's thinking fucking it's hell it's so funny Adam Buxton I told her all about the Adam Buxton and now I she's am. telling me and there's actually nothing more irritating <laughs> than somebody telling you about a piece of culture that you already hit on six months ago so I apologise for that but me and Buckles go way back you did mention I'm a proper old BBC Six music listen to him then and he talks about Black Squadron and there's so many in jokes from that period when he did stuff with Joe Cornish but I'm actually really happy for him because he and Joe Cornish were this sort of partnership and then Joe Cornish went off to Hollywood and he wrote Tintin and he he had a cameo in the latest Star Wars film and poor little Adam Buxton Buckles is always sort of played very much the sort of underdog to Joe so I'm really happy for Adam because in the last I think weirdly in the last two months everyone is talking about mm-hmm. him and yeah. he's I always in the top ten and I love him turn it into a TV show the, my favourite episode is he does an interview with Kathy Burke and it is possibly the best interview I've ever heard and I love her anyway because she is literally if you want to hear a woman who does not give a shit about what other people think then Kathy Burke is your person I've so got if you're loads feeling... of ironing this afternoon Anarchy that is what I'm going to do I'm going to listen to that while such I iron such good advice and she, yeah and yeah. let's combine the two because actually she did a really great Desert Island Discs oh amazing so if you want both of those things go for it and uh, my favourite podcast I'm going to recommend to you in fact I've got two I want to recommend The Naughty Step which is a parenting one I know lots of you are parents so it's done by two journalists Stuart Heritage who writes for The Guardian and um, Robin Wilder who is Orbin on Instagram and she does the parenting column in the pool and how convenient they are married and have two children Mm, I really like her actually yeah she's so good for like an honest honest view of parenting and she's really funny and they do this podcast about parenting where they talk about their two kids the little ones and they review kids books as if they're on the review show or something so that is wonderful the naughty step and um, for an American one I'm going to shout out to one called call your girlfriend which is two women and one's on the east coast and one's on the west coast of America and essentially it's a conversation between the two and it takes in US politics which I find really interesting (laughs) feminism And it's proper quite hardcore feminism. They've done their reading and they know their stuff and pop culture. So they're not above talking about the Kardashians. So look that one up too. Call your girlfriend. One of the presenters has just found out that she has cancer. So 
on Instagram, she's talked about that. She's had a shout out from Hillary Clinton. She does a lot about women's health and she is super funny at the same so time. So I basically will start talking to you about that in about six months. <laughs> I can't wait and I recommend will, that. In six months, I will tell you exactly what I think about it because I'm usually just slightly lagging behind. So I will be listening to it. The great thing about that, Anarchy, is that you only absorb the best stuff because everyone's done the research. But also, I've got, I think there is something that goes on because I then go back to my people in West London in the suburbs. <laughs> And I, I then sort of spread the word. So, that, so that there is sort of a, a very sort of gradual spreading of trends yes. that happens from Lisa to me, to the suburbs of Hanwell, and then out beyond. Beyond. So Hanwell's currently on the wire. In six months, it'll be Adam Buxton. <laughs> and in 12 months, everyone will be tickling well, no, bottoms. Hanwell is just on podcast okay. journey. <laughs> there is something called podcast. That's yes. where Hanwell is. Actually, I shouldn't say that because we're very sophisticated. All as right. are we. As, are, as we are not. So tune in next week. Uh, it, the next episode is all about sex on screen and it's called Watching All the Hot Doctors on Grey's Anatomy. So tune in. So uh, how was that for you? If you enjoyed it as much as we did, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to The Hotbed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen. Each one makes a massive difference. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.